RPG for You and Me presents Absolute Zero, a side campaign for our Patreon members, run using the Savage Worlds ruleset and our custom cyber fantasy setting. Savage Worlds is owned by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group. You can find them and their products online at peginc.com. As always, thank you for listening. It means the world to us. With that out of the way, let's get back to the story. The camera opens on a startlingly colored establishing shot, Olera at night. During the day, Olera is a monolith of gray and smog stretching for miles on the sunny eastern shores of the belt. It looks like a wall, a sheer face on the otherwise flat landscape. But at night, like it is right now, it turns into a glowing beacon attracting everyone and anyone in the area back to the city for excitement, opportunity, or just even a good time for the weekend. The black silhouette of the city is outlined with a bright neon glow, the smog and smoke of the city below catching the multitude of colored lights as it drifts into the sky. The ambient glow and light pollution of the city stretch for miles, even in the far distance. You can't really see the stars here, but some would say that's a small price to pay for civilization. Even so, the planet decides it won't be shown up, and there are faint traces of natural light beginning to flicker in the upper left of the shot, up in the sky, as the aurora descends, arcing over the city and adding a calming green-yellow glow to the foreground of our scene. If you've never been to Olera, the first time you go, there's a very real chance you'll be absolutely overwhelmed by the sheer scope of it. It stretches for miles and miles and miles, close-packed and bustling. It was built up over the freeze to be able to withstand the low, low temperatures that were engulfing the world. The more buildings they put up, the better insulated the middle was, and once they realized that, they kept building and building until Alara was an absolute monster of a megacity. You'd think it would get nicer as you got closer to the center, but... It's not necessarily true. Olera actually gets nicer as you go up. The towering skyscrapers connected by skywalks. Due to the nature of how it was designed, the center of Olera traps heat, which during the freeze was exactly what it needed to do. But now? The breeze of the ocean can't reach you here. It's humid and it's muggy and boreous. You step out into the sweltering streets tonight to take care of a job. There is this permanent haze in this section of the city. Steam billows out anywhere it can. The grates on the street, pipes on the walls. It's just a hazy, steamy, wet city. But as luck would have it, you're always a bit cold anyway, so it doesn't bother you as much as it would have once upon a time. Speaking of which, though, what are you wearing? It's pretty warm out tonight for your standard trench. Give me a rundown. What are you, what are you sporting tonight? I think he'll probably have ditched the trench coat, but by nature of his work, he does, like, always need to have his gear on him, yeah. and it's pretty conspicuous if it's not concealed. So I think he does still need to have some sort of longer-sleeved garment with the gloves to, like, conceal the wrist stuff into the backpack, and I think that also means he still has the cloak covering his shoulders and hanging down to Maybe it's just a lighter material. That works for me. Well, Boreas, yesterday you checked your Pantheon profile and saw that you had a bid from VK Enterprises. Gave you a date and a time. See you tomorrow. Signed, V. 
After you accepted the bid, you received some texts from an unknown number on your PDA that you quickly sussed out were from Kala. After a conversation that wasn't about much in particular... She also told me something else important, didn't she? What was it? Uh, that Victor appeared to not be doing great. That Victor he, uh... appeared to not be doing great. They had found some sort of Cory energy source, but after interacting with it, it seemed like maybe there was something wrong. See, she asked if robots can sweat, hmm. and Boreas does not know the answer to this. Well, maybe Boreas so is going to find out. Yeah, maybe. Boreas leaves. No! Boreas walks away. As you wind through the streets and back alleys to get to your destination with the least amount of traffic, the neon lights are casting interesting shadows in the billowing steam and the damp sheen that seems to cling to every surface here. It can't be good for the structures rust-wise, but this portion of Alara isn't quite as interested with upkeep. You smell street carts selling their wares, and it does smell quite tempting, but you have somewhere to be. When you arrive at your destination, it's utilitarian in design, and they didn't waste a lot of architectural resources making the outside pretty, like they would in other parts of the city. It takes up a full city block, a sheer and tall square of grays and browns, and you see... It says, in cursive script, on a large sign above the main atrium door, Vista View Apartments. Looking at the cumulative amount of dead bugs trapped inside the sign, it gives you a vibe for the general cleanliness standard here. But you're approaching the main doors, and you see a map that has businesses listed for the main floor, places to shop or eat, um, an ad for apartment rentals for the rest of the floors that stretch up into the sky. You walk through the main door and you feel the blast of air conditioning envelop you. And though you don't need it per se, you are grateful for it. What you might not be so grateful for as you find yourself walking through this climate control tunnel connecting to the main building are the two street toughs standing in front of the second set of doors that lead into the building proper. And the one looks at you as you approach and says derisively, What the fuck are you looking at, veins? What are they dressed like? I don't like... Like, you said they're dressed <laughs> like thugs. Like, you know, the, the standard, like, ripped sleeve vest and... Like a mohawk, perhaps, with different dyed colors and sunglasses at night. Alright, I'll say, uh... You know, pretty shit-baggy clothing. Looks like a fashion disaster that climbed out of a trash can. And just gonna continue walking unless they try to stop me and confront me. <laughs> one of them starts to laugh at his friend. He kind of, like, punches him real hard in the shoulder. The one says, uh... I mean, if you're looking for hookers, they're over around the corner, because uh, I don't see who else is gonna fuck your ugly mug. And they kind of laugh. Uh-huh. One of them, like taps a baseball bat against his steel boot menacingly. Gotcha. I think after the hooker's comment, he'll say... What does he say? See, I can't look you in the eyes when I say mean things, because I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, after he says the thing about hookers, he'll say, Well, I'll leave that up to opinion, but I think I'll leave the wares for those less fortunate than myself. They kind of look around, looking for a less fortunate bunch, not quite understanding. Sure. But... I'm a very charitable man. That's why I'm going to allow you to walk away as well. And he's going to keep walking. They're like, you haven't paid the toll yet. At this point, I think he just kind of stops and... <sighs> yes, and what toll might that be, my fine friends? One of them holds out a hand expectantly. You know what it means, come on. We got boys all around this city. We can be charitable too. I think he, uh... 
I think he sighs and reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a piece of paper and he writes on the paper. Does it is it a cat with like a middle finger sticking up? No, he just he writes on the paper and then he has like a piece of meat probably with like lint and stuff on it that he like wraps the paper around and he'll go over and gingerly put that into his hand and will say, "Here, these are all the scraps I can spare." And that's the number of a very good physician that I know. They specialize in, you know. And he, his eyes flick down. That's pretty rough, dog. Uh-huh. At that, I guess the the guy that you put, the guy that you put the meat in his hand is gonna be like, Shins, I don't like this guy so much. I think we should <laughs> dice him. And uh, his friend is like, Well, yeah, I think it's uh, it's about that time. I'm getting itchy anyway. And he pulls out a tiny little butterfly knife. Oh shit! Okay. Shisha. Snickety snack. And that's initiative. Oh boy. Because I felt like you didn't fight enough in the last session. I mean, I like a good rough and tumble with a couple of mooks. Yeah. I'm going to just draw here. Me first. You got a seven and a five. I'll take the five. Okay. So. One mook gets an ace of clubs. Other mook gets a nine of diamonds. Oh boy. Not looking good for old buddies. Lark is going to go first. And he's going to advance and just try and stab you real fast. Okay. So, not, not off to a good start for me. How about a one? Nope. <laughs> okay. My, my toughness against melee is five right now. Okay. He gets in close and then he trips on like his own foot and then like tries to stab you as he's falling onto his like other foot and then he just like just misses entirely. Which one is this? Shin or... Or Lark or Shin. I think it's Lark. Okay, we're gonna okay. retroactively. Nice. Yeah, so Lark takes a step, tries to stab you, stumbles, does not end up stabbing you, and whooshes right past you. So now he's kind of he's kind of behind you after his little stumble tumble. Okay. And now it is uh, Shin's turn, and Shin's is gonna try and whack you with this metal baseball bat he's got. Solid. I can I can see why he would want to do that. Well, has a one do. Nope. <laughs> okay. Not this time. I think he's thrown off by Lark stumbling, and he's just like, oh, oh, fuck, I gotta do something, and then you, like, just kind of duck out of the way of his very predictable swing, and now it's your turn. Okay. Which one's closer to me? Shins is in front of you, Lark is behind you, if that helps. Gotcha. I think, I think Boreas reaches kind of into the folds of his coat. And produces his stun gun for the oh, first time. Nice. Uh, and the first action is going to be shoot Lark with the stun gun. And I'm going to use, so because I have my calculating thing on, uh, I'm going to use a second action to then follow that up with an attack by pulling out his uh, baton and hitting Aww. him. It's like a, a telescopic metal baton. Nice. So it's going to be stun followed by telescoping baton. Nice. Roll the bones. All right, so first one, it's shooting, mm-hmm. and it's close. It's a five. Five. Which hits. At close range, hits. Yep. Close range is one, one inch, so you have to like literally be standing right in front of him there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so he needs to make a vigor roll at minus two or be stunned. Zero. Wonderful. <laughs> Stun characters are distracted and remain so as long as they're stunned. So minus two to everything he does. They fall prone or to their knees at your discretion. They can't move or take any actions. Uh, They don't count towards the gang up bonus and they're subject to the drop. 
the drop. Uh, it adds plus four to a character's attack and damage rolls against the target for one action. Jesus. And if a character takes enough damage to be shaken or worse from an attacker with the drop on them, they must make a vigor roll at minus two if the attack was to the head or be knocked unconscious. So I'm now just going to follow this up with a fighting, which I only have a d4 in, but... Ooh, that's a two and a one. Oh, no. But I get plus four. Well, <laughs> so good news. It's all good. Wonderful. Okay. Followed by... You do that thing you did. Was that 10 damage? <laughs> uh, he has to make an immediate vigor roll or be knocked unconscious. And this is at, I think, a penalty because he's stunned. He's distracted. How about zero? Zero. So he's knocked unconscious for about half an hour or until the GM decides <laughs> it's dramatically appropriate for him to wake up. <laughs> cool. Okay, so, so how do you how how would you like to knock this guy out? This is the dude who came out with the baseball bat. Was he in front of you or behind he you? He's in front of me. Yeah, that's okay. that's uh, that's Shin's baseball boy. All right. I think so, Mark is the other one. All right, whatever. So doesn't matter. They're they're mooks. <laughs> <laughs> it matters to me. So the mook with a baseball bat who has also stumbled past me. These fuckers are just stumbling all over the place. But the one who stumbles past me in front of me, I think Boreas at this point is just like. I knew this was going to happen, but I'm still bored with it. Uh, pulls out his stun. Cause he's not really looking to kill these guys, so he pulls out the stun gun. I think the guy turns around and faces him, lifting the bat, and then immediately gets tased and is like... <laughs> and drops to his knees as he's convulsing, and then he just pulls out his baton and kind of whacks him across the face with it in a very nonchalant way. It's so efficient! <laughs> and I then, love uh, it. Very John Wick of you. Oh, thank you. Well, if, if it was John Wick, I think they'd be dead. Well, no, he didn't kill everybody. Didn't he? No, he didn't kill that one guy. He just put it in his aorta, didn't he? Well, yeah, but they had a history. He wasn't a mook. Yeah. He was a professional on a similar level. Yeah, okay. So it was crazy. All right, yeah, so, and then I think uh, he drops the stun gun because he doesn't have time to reload it and turns to face Lark, who has the knife. See ya, shins. I didn't know All Cotton right. Hill was here. I killed Fitty Man. I killed Fitty Man. Do you want a jack of clubs or an ace of hearts? I'll take the ace of hearts. Yeah, go, you filthy animal. Oh, it's face down. And Lark gets a 10. Man, it's so fun when you get one turn right after another. And that's why I like the system. That's why I like rolling initiative. So after that happens, I think he's just going to follow up and go and try to whack this dude in the face, too. Nothing fancy. Just going to go for a good old baton. Yeah. A good old baton. Ooh, that's an ace. It's a 10 to hit. He never had a chance. Is that a hit with a raise? It is a hit with a raise. Awesome. Okay. Was that eight damage? How do you how do you fuck this guy up so so efficiently? I think it's just a matter of he's he stumbled past and I whacked the other dude and just have enough time to react and turn around and just club him over the face with it. Just one done. There's nothing special about it. it. I'd literally just whack him in the face with a baton. Nice. You do that, and he crumples, and he looks up at you, and he, like, spits a little blood out of his mouth, and then he, he's unconscious. Boreas will retrieve his stun gun and, you know, take his time and pack it all up. And I think he's going to frisk these guys. I think he's just going to see what they got in their pockets. Who you want He's a pragmatic first? man. I think Lark, because he's by the stun gun. Or Shin. Shins. Shins is by the stun gun. Shins has 
He's got like a, a small amount of money on him. You assume he's robbed off of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some chewing tobacco and he has a wallet with a college ID in it. Oh, don't do that to me. Roll me a notice. Four. I'm five. You look between Shin's and the college ID. This is not him. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> All right. Um, right. I'll take that ID. That's not his. Okay. Just to punish him for thievery. Well, yeah. So what's he going to do with it? It's a college ID. Maybe I'll send it back to the dude he stole it from. Very kind. Boreas is not a, a thief thug. He's he's probably done some thieving related stuff, but he's never like shaken down somebody in the streets. I don't think. Gotcha. So he probably has a pretty low opinion of that. Uh, so yeah, he'll take that. I think he takes the chewing tobacco and just like takes a big wad of it and stuffs it in the guy's mouth, and then turns him on his side to make sure he's not gonna drown in his own gross tobacco spit. Oh, gross! But he's gonna do that, and then I think he finds that nasty bit of meat and puts that in the guy's wallet and then puts it back in his pants. And then, uh, what's the other guy have? Lark. Lark has, he has, like, in one of his stupid little vest interior pockets, has a pouch of powder that kind of glows. Kind of a glowing little powder pouch. Call mm. me a common knowledge. It's a f- blows up. Six. Six? You know that this is definitely some kind of drug. No. Really? Derived, the multicolored powder? Derived from Cory crystals. Okay. I'll take it. <gasps> Not for consumption. Maybe I'm doing him a favor. Maybe. Or maybe it's evidence for later. Okay, it's and where exactly? Am I in like a am I higher up in this building? No, you're on the first floor. On the first floor. Are you there like, like people walk... around? Is it just me and these? Oh dudes? no, there are definitely a lot of people around, but they're kind of milling about their day. As usual, because apparently these fuckos are just, like, always there. All right. Um, it's, that's the kind of vibe you're getting. Like, I some th- people are just kind of, like, looking at you like, oh, yeah, nice job. That's, okay, that's then a I good think deal. as there are people around here, I think he's going to drag one of them and, like, prop him against a wall. And he's going to drag the other one and put him in an unceremonious position, like, on the other one. <laughs> so they're kind of, like, grappled and hugging each other in a really oh, that's cute. unmanly way. I love it. And then, um, I think... Do they have phones on them? They do have phones I think he'll on take them. pictures with both of their phones, make it their screen, and then put it back in their pockets, and then take one for himself for later. And like then... a selfie with you, with them in the background, just... I think that's what he does for their home screen, just to, like, remind them. Takes one for himself, and then uh, leaves and kind of lets anybody else, like, go photo op with them, if that's what they prefer. Well, you you've handily taken care of these two wastrel thugs i solved your goonie puzzle you really did you did a good job thanks so you kind of you straighten up and you crack your neck a little bit and brush some some dust off your shoulder and you look down at your phone to confirm the address you're supposed to be heading to i do that after defeating the thugs am i on the the like the same floor. You said it's yeah, floor four. Yeah, basically, what just happened is you had walked in on the ground floor, and these guys were in the entryway, like atrium tunnel, like between the two sliding doors that keep the air conditioning inside. Gotcha. Okay. So that's that's where the beatdown happened. Gotcha. So, so like, you, I, I literally haven't even gone in. anywhere. Okay. Not really. Yeah. 
but die. I assume you dragged them inside to like the main area where there are people and just like plopped them on a chair together and took your selfies and stuff. That's fine. It's... So if I'm going to the fourth floor, uh, are there stairs? Is there an elevator? There's an elevator. Okay. Is it a it's freight elevator? It's sixth floor. Oh, you're right. It is. Boris goes to the wrong floor. <laughs> like a freight elevator, passenger elevator? How it's big like is a, it? It's... It looks like a residential elevator, but it's large. Like, a lot of people could fit in this thing. Gotcha. Because this building is, like, 40 stories tall, at least. It's a big one. I think as he's going, he still, like, has his baton in his hand, not really thinking about it. <laughs> and he gets in the elevator, and he realizes he's holding it, and he just kind of goes, boop, and pushes the button with his baton, and then... To, like, close it, it up, kind of? Just to, or like, just... no, to push the button. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I guess maybe he just it's goes... It's a dual purpose. He's a very measured man. Push, puts it away. He's got to get his kicks where he can. Yeah. Shit's stressful enough. The elevator's like, ding. You walk out of the elevator and you enter this big atrium area where you can see floors continuing to go up surrounding this middle clear bit of air in the middle. It goes the whole way up the building to the very top to the bottom. The railings are this clear glass, but it's kind of cracked and like super dirty because it's not been clean probably since they built this shithole building like Gross. a long time ago but the the colors up here the lighting is like kind of green and yellow from like flickering fluorescence and ambient neon light from the lobby bouncing up off the walls and they're just like kind of shopping carts around you don't know why and there's shopping on the first floor well there is but this is the sixth floor. yeah they probably just took in the elevator probably but they didn't bring him back, and that says something about their character. Mm, you motherfuckers. I don't Is think Boris the kind of person who would go around a lot and collect the carts no. that didn't belong there? I didn't think no, so. No, he was not. I didn't think so. He, he, and I said that, but he probably does He probably does not have extremely strong feelings about that specifically. Okay, so you can continue on to corner B, which is right down the hall, and you pass like some potted plants that are just like holograms because they can't like afford real plants or something stupid. Oh my. In, in an age where hologram plants are, are less cheaper. expensive than maybe the real plants kept getting stolen or maybe. thrown over the edge. It's entirely possible. How many plant related deaths have there been do you think? Depends how big the coconuts are. Oh jeez I hope not very big. I go to corner B. It's a uh, just a door. Just a door. Just a door. I knock on the door. Knock, knock. So you knock on the door and you hear like someone pressing their body up against the other side to like peer through the peephole. And then you hear it. Oh, good. And many, many, many locks unlatch. Like, holy shit. Why are that there that many locks on a door? Why would that be necessary? But then it opens and Cal is there. Can you can you come in real fast? Yes. And she kind of takes your forearm and, like, jerks you inside. That last delivery person was looking at me real weird. I don't know. What did they deliver? Food. Did you order anything strange? I didn't think so. What did you order? Well, now I'm s embarrassed to say. <laughs> well, what, what did you order? One of everything? One of everything. Well, you said to try new things, so I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Maybe I should do that. How big is this delivery? How much did he deliver? A lot. Can I, like, look around? Is there just, like, a 
mountains of food. Yes. It's what? all on this one. Oh, I can show you this now. <laughs> <laughs> Is this no, it's a map. Oh, it's just God. the apartment. I thought you had drawn this beforehand. <laughs> I was. I got really excited for a minute there. Oh, I'm sorry. A standard... Don't apologize for my excitement. It's a standard kind of apartment. You have off to your left a kitchenette that's kind of grubby. It's got. It doesn't actually have a stove or a dishwasher, but there's a sink. There's a fridge. Right in front of you is a table. Kind of like a card table, but like one tier up from a card table that folds. Nice, nice. And it is just laden with bags. You're wondering how, how it, like... Like one person had to bring all this here. One person on like a scooter with side bags. She ordered a lot of food. But then as you look in further, there is like a little living room kind of set up and a big window that has the blinds mostly, mostly slatted. But laying on the couch is Victor seemingly asleep. The TV's on. It's like casting a sort of ambient blue light around the room. In response to seeing this giant mountain of food and everything, Boris kind of raises an eyebrow and says, Well, I don't think you need to worry about the delivery man. He was probably just, you know, baffled by everything you've ordered into this somewhat tiny apartment. Looks like you're holding up for the winter. I mean, it's not inaccurate, but... No, it's not. I, I think you'll be fine. Um, will this all... How fast should I eat all of this? It depends on what is perishable and what is not. So some, some foods go bad if you don't store them properly. Oh. Like, cold things need to be cold. Meats and such need to be cold. They spoil. Okay, I guess I should get a lot of this in the fridge then. Um, she grabs a couple of bags and one hand from the table and starts rearranging them into the the very tiny fridge. Yeah. Well, and she kind of looks over her shoulder at you and makes a very pained sort of like whoops sort of face. Like, well, it's not the end of the world. Um, it'll be fine. Just you know. Save as much as you can. I can probably make you some extra ice if you have something that could serve as an ice box. I think there's a drawer. All right. Well, you deal with that. Okay. Um, I'm going to check on Victor. Okay. And um, I think while he's doing this, he's just going to be calling back to her, asking questions and stuff. But um, he'll go over to Victor. He's propped up on the arm of the couch. He has a pillow behind him. And he looks like Kala has maybe arranged his hands to just kind of... They're clasped on his chest or on his, like, his ribs, I guess. If he has ribs, you're uh -huh. not sure. Does he look serene? Like he's dead? No, he looks sick. Okay. Like, he's not, does not look like he's having a good time, but he's also not breathing or moving in any perceptible way. Sure. I think he's gonna go over and... Can he tell anything just by looking at him? Um, roll me a notice. Uh, five. Five? Um... He does appear to be leaking some kind of liquid and kind of like Kala sent you a message about earlier in the day. You're not quite sure why a mostly mechanical man would be sweating. Kind of weird. But it, it is oily and sheen. He'll uh, ask Kala, how long has he been this way? Um, He's been shutting off just about every day for the past 
three weeks. How long has it been since the last time? It has been a month. Oh, shit. And this is the first contact I had from them? Yeah. Okay. Um, How long is he shut down versus how long he's awake every day? He's only awake for like, I don't know, ten minutes, maybe. It's been very lonely. I can't imagine. So, it was said you did find a source, but there's something wrong with it? Well, I don't know if it's a source so much as um, it's over on the table. We ran out of options. Uh, I will go look at it. Whatever it is. It's a packet of that dust you found. Ah, shit. How how big is the packet? Like, can I tell how much of, like, how much might have been here and how much has been used? If it's like a packet about the size of a playing card, I'd say there's only about a third of it left. Okay. Ugh. Kata, where did you, why did you find this? I, I didn't. I've just been here. Where did Victor get this? I don't know. <sighs> Idiot. What is it? It doesn't look like Cory. Um, well, it's not, it's not exactly, um, it's called, um, on the street, it is called scuffle dust. It's a type of, um, narcotic that is derived from shards of Cory crystals. So the, the residual Cory energy, Cory crystals, it's one of the forms that Cory essence takes. So it's not always liquid. It's not always liquid. Sometimes it's physical, it's solid, uh, and it crystallizes and becomes hard. Grows out of the ground, out of veins that come back over time. Like the other types of Cory essence, after the essence itself has been used, the husk is depleted. If it's a liquid, um, it might dissolve into gas, vapor. If it's already a vapor, it just spreads away. When it's physical, it leaves behind a crystalline husk like this that might carry traces of residual matter, and people crush it and turn it into a fine powder that they use for various things, um, not least of which is this, a drug. Oh. Do you know what a drug is? I've been watching a lot of TV the past month. I'm sure you are familiar. It might not all be the most accurate information. Sure, sure. Well, the long and short of it is that there might be some bit to this that is sustaining Victor in a mild way, but I don't know how a narcotic would interfere with his physiology. Can you even call it physiology? I don't know. I mean, he's not, it's not real skin. It's, he doesn't have organs or systems. Well, he has systems, I guess, just different. Yes, that is, that is the problem. I don't know how this was, how this would interact with him. He's still alive, so he seems to be able to sustain himself, if only just, but has he... You said he's only awake for ten minutes a day. Yeah. How is he during that time? Not good. Give me a little bit more than that. I'm sorry. I'm just worried. I know. He starts to heave, and he says he's hot, and then I feel him, and he is very hot, and I, I go and get ice, and then it just... It's never enough, and he has to shut down again. So it's a heat problem. It seems like it is... I just... I don't know... I don't know enough about people like him. I don't... I can't... 
I can't help, I can't leave, I don't know anything about anything. Not really. Well, that's not only you. I don't know much more than you. Especially when it comes to him, I don't know that many people around here do. And those that might could easily be affiliated with uh, Morgan and save her. So it's difficult to know who we might trust. It's like I can't just be like walking around outside being like, Hey, can you help my robot, Dad? Like, no, I can't. <laughs> I understand. Um, well, I have my Cory with me. Worst case scenario, that might be able to help him, at least in the short term. Get him back to fit condition. Do you think he knows what he needs? If he does, he hasn't told me. <sighs> but... He woke up earlier today to put on that thing, on that Pantheon thing, to get you to come here. We found someone. You found someone? We found someone. Okay. He's, um, shit, what was his number? F-18. I'd never- Fib. I never met him, but he- he's a font. He makes Cory energy, like, in his body, and he makes a lot of it. Is it fun? He, he creates his own Cory essence? He's, he just, it, it's what he does, apparently. Um, he, he acts like a, like an amplifier for other people with Cory powers just by being there. So if we can go and find him, maybe we can help Victor. Where is he? What do you know? I don't know much. We're gonna have to wake up, Victor. Okay. Then let's... let's do that. Okay, well, um... I... Uh, I kinda don't wanna be here for that. Um, can I go run and get some ice? Cause he'll be needing it. I mean, you don't want to be here, just you don't want to see it? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I can make ice if you just want to go and take a walk or something. Hmm. It's okay, you don't need to be here. Okay. I'll, I'll it's, be... It's understandable not to want to see someone you care about in pain. I understand. She... Her her eyes are just welling up a little bit. Just don't go far. No. Don't go far. I, I won't. Don't. Don't do it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Don't do it. She pops her little hood up on her hoodie she's wearing. She's wearing very relaxed clothes, like she's got some jeans or tattered more because they probably stole them off of somebody than, you know. That's why Shins was so upset. Because <laughs> now everybody can see his fucked up looking Shins. <laughs> on account of my big watery eyes. <laughs> they call me Shins on account of my gruesome Shins. My grotesque bony Shins. So she, um, she puts up her hood and puts on some sweet little sunglasses. And you can just see the tips of her... Her tattoos on her cheeks peeking out under him, and she goes out the door. Okay. I don't know how to wake up Victor. Um, yeah, He's I think still I, laying on the couch. I think after uh, after Kala walks out, Boris watches her go and makes sure the door clicks and turns back and just kind of shakes his head and looks around the apartment, taking everything in for a minute. There's a lot of, like, garbage just oh, everywhere, sure. and there's food wrappers on the floor, and... Probably a lot of bugs. This is not a great place. No, I get it. And Cal is not exactly a homemaker. I understand. Um, <sighs> shit. And yeah, he's gonna try to wake up Victor. How do you do it? I think at first it's gonna it'll probably 
shake his shoulder a little bit and just try to poke him and shake it and say, Victor, Victor. And progressively louder and more until he wakes up. I mean, it doesn't work for the first, like, 30 seconds or so you're doing it, but he does kind of start awake and immediately starts heaving breath in and out. And his eyes are glowing, not like Cory glowing, like flashlight glowing. Oh, jeez. Can I use um, any any power that I have to just, like, spray cold on him to yeah, chill him out? Yeah, you can do that. Five. Okay, yeah, you start you start spraying him down with Cocoon your... Cocoon him in a kinda. frosty thing. As you do that, he becomes progressively less agitated, and mm-hmm. his eyes sort of flicker on and off, and the light stops being quite so creepy. And he... He finally seems like he's aware of what's happening, and he looks over at you and he's like, Oh, you made it. Yes, I made it. You don't look so good. Really? Uh, I had no idea. And he's gonna pull out the little baggie of uh, scuffle dust. He looks a bit chagrined. I understand. Um, listen, we need to we need to get you some serious help. I don't yeah. know. You you obviously are not in good shape. No. And um, I don't know much more than that, but Carla wants to find this uh, F-18. She thinks he might be able to help you. I think he can. Okay. I don't want to keep you awake for too long here. Okay. What do you need to tell me? Where do we find him? Do you have information stored? Um, I actually, I wrote most of it down before I went offline. It's, um, it's over on the table. And you look over the table and it's just full of bags. Alright. He's like, what the fuck? She was angry and curious. It'll be fine, don't worry. Did she spend a lot of money? I don't know. Oh, fuck. Don't worry about the money, you can always get more money. I can't have us be homeless. I understand. We would just, that's, don't worry. Okay. We'll be fine. We're just, we're in dangerous territory. I understand completely. I can't have you dying when you owe me several favors. Oh, I fixed one of your things. Oh, well, that's not what I was getting at for now. It's more like a... No, just be outside at 8.30. Out what? Anywhere. Anywhere with screens. What? You're gonna love it. (laughs) All right. Easy, easy. All right. I didn't mean I was coming to collect. It It was more like I'm not going to let you die out of a stupid reason or something. So just hang in there. We'll find this F-18. If we can't find him, we'll figure something else out. Okay. Worst case scenario, I know where to find some Cory. It's a bit of a trek, though. How long? On foot or by light vehicle. A day or two, maybe. It's oh, a long time. It's a long time. But I have, you know, and he kind of pats his backpack and he says, I have reserves here. I think that would be enough to see you through, but... You can't use that. You're going to need it. I know. I'm going to need it for now, but if this falls through, we have that to fall back on, and then we only need to make it there to get more. So we have options. It's not hopeless. Mm. Okay. It's going to be all right, Victor. He wipes at his forehead, and he looks at his oil-sheened hand. He's like, oh, fuck me. I'm, I'm leaking my coolant. Is that what that is? I assumed that wasn't very good. No, it's not. Okay, well, 
Do you need anything before we do this? Do you need us to get you anything? Is there anything you need to tell me? I don't, like I said, I, no, I don't is, want this... you to waste energy you don't need to waste now. This is more than enough. Um, you you coated me in a, a bunch of ice. I <laughs> just imagine, like, he can't even move. He's just like... <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it's just the fact that I've been so low on Corey. So low. And when I don't have that, it acts as my main coolant. And it, it cools all my circuits down. And when I don't have it, I literally start frying myself to death. No, that's not good. This guy I need you to find, he's one of the alphas. I found him. Found him yesterday. He's been working in the leisure sector. He's charging up the casino and like a couple other places. It, he's they call him the battery, because that's, that's what he does. But uh shit. I set up a meeting for you for you with him at nine tonight. And it's at the address on the table. Under all all the food. It's fine, I can move it. What is he expecting? What do I... I mean, is all this written down? Or? Yeah, he's okay. probably... He's probably expecting me, but... Does he know who you are? No. Only... I approached him as a, a potential investor. Because he can charge up a whole building for a week at a time. It's fucking insane. Yes, that's... It's um, an extremely desirable trait. I remember when he was at the facility, the first day he had it, he didn't know how to get it out right, and he blew his arm off. It's a lot. Yes, that sounds like it is. But... <sighs> well, I'm sure it'll make for some interesting reading. But... Well, you wrote things oh, down, didn't I did, you? I'm so sorry. It's alright, you, you should rest. Okay, where's Cal? Where's Kala? She's taking a walk around. It's fine. Outside? Yes, outside. I told her not to go far. Okay. She's having a rough time of it. I know. She's been mostly cooped up for the past month by herself with only <laughs> only television. I got her games. Did Does she know what to do with them? I don't know. I don't know. Victor, I got her that cooking one she saw on TV. Seemed she, interested. She does seem interested in cooking, but it'll be all right. I'll look after her. Okay, please take her with you. Don't leave her here with me, just in case. What, do you think you're going to explode? I I don't know. All right, I'll take her. Um, Boris, if, I, if I'm not here anymore, can you just... You can take whatever's left of my money, just take care of her she she's a quick learner she's gonna be able to look after herself in no time but well i don't appreciate the defeatist attitude no if, but if 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 it happens yes i will make sure that she's able to find her way assuming i'm around too okay we're all standing on thin ice and it's getting hot <sighs> yeah. Pats the ice. It's like this is very this is very nice. Thank you. I, I'm I'm glad. Yes, should keep you set for some time. It takes a while to melt. All right. Well, sweet dreams. Yeah. Good night. Uh huh. Thank you. Thank me later. I'll thank you now, just in case. 
pew, 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 pew. And he, I mean, he can't move. He's just in his little, his icy little blanket and he's kind of, his head lolls to the side a little bit. And he does look more like he's sleeping this mm. time a bit more peacefully than before. Good. All right. Because um, you can only imagine what Cal has had to deal with like every day, him waking up like that. Yeah, that's pretty. Shit's rough. Shit's rough. Um, I think he's going to watch him for just another second or two and then go to start moving shit off the table to try to find this maybe dossier or just some written notes, whatever he's looking for. It's uh, notes scribbled on a napkin. Nice. There are a lot of takeout napkins around. Mm. But actually, roll me a notice. It's a one and a two. Excellent. You don't really find anything of note, just some drawings on napkins scattered about. I don't find the information I need? No, you found that. You you already found that. That was for something extra. Okay. Well... I might need the bennies, so I'm going to see. You might need the bennies. So what happens is you find the paper amongst, like, doodles on scraps of napkins, and it gives you a meeting time, 9 o'clock. It gives you a place, the Olera Aquarium, main floor. He, um... The Olarium doesn't... Okay, sorry, sorry. 9 p.m. at the Olera Aquarium. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you're like, hmm. That is after business hours. But it also says under that it has 8.30, be on the street. Winky face. Okay, and what time is it now? 7.45-ish. Cool. Well, if I got about everything I need out of here, it's probably about time for this old cowpoke to mosey. (laughs) All right. Kala comes back in. Her eyes are kind of a little puffy. She looks sad, but she comes back in and cranes her neck over a little bit to look around the TV and see if Victor's asleep. Oh, that was a good idea. The ice? That was, um... Yes, it's quite literally one of the only things I can do. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good, though. Um... It worked on you. <laughs> I don't really remember that bit, but... I thought you remembered everything. Well, you not... Sedative gun. Well, that was after. No, mm. I just remember being pretty chilly when I woke up. Well, that's fair. I guess I did freeze you after you. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Getting my facts mixed up. Victor told me though it was it was smart. Neither you know that. Mm-hmm. So we are to go and meet this F eighteen at nine p.m. at the Olera Aquarium. Yeah, I'm. I'd like to come with you. Oh, you're coming. Oh, okay. Like, for for real? I get to go outside? I mean, yes, but again, you're going to be in perpetual danger if anyone knows who you are, so it's going to be important, at least in the very short term, that you stay on a short leash. I'm not here as your handler. No. I'm not, I'm not your parent, but... No. Don't get yourself into trouble. I will be on my best behavior. I don't doubt that. But we're going to be going to a lot of places you've never been before, and I know it's going to be tempting. I know you're going to want to run off and look at things and um, experience the world. And I don't begrudge you that. And I encourage that. But for right now, keep your head in the game. This is for Victor. We need to get him on his feet. I know. After we get a few things figured out, we might have more breathing room. But for right now, 
Head down. Stay alert. Don't draw attention to yourself. It should be fine. And she nods at you and kind of bites her lip a little bit and cracks her neck. Mm. You were right. It does feel good. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's paying off. And he kind of looks down at his PDA to see what time it is. Probably like 7.50. Still 7.50. Um, do you have any questions before we make our way out? No, I can probably ask them on my way if it's going to be a walk. That's fine. Um, grab anything you need from here. Make sure it's locked and secure. Um, I think I'll just need a key, right? Yes, I assume. That's... I Unless don't... You, you know something that I don't? I don't really have anything else. Okay, I'm just asking. I don't know what else you've bought. I walk in, there's a whole mountain of groceries. Well, yeah. It's fine. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I don't know what else you have in here. It's fair. She walks over to Victor on the couch, and she fixes his pillow so he looks a little more comfortable, and then she gives him a little kiss on the top of his head, Aww. and then she's like, okay, I'm ready. Alright, uh, Boreas is gonna, is there just like a garbage bag or something? Mm. Alright, Boreas is just gonna grab a garbage bag on the way out and haul it out. We don't have time to clean this, but um, grab one of those and we'll throw it out on the way. Oh, okay. She grabs like two takeout bags full of other bags. Mm. It's not, it doesn't really matter for Victor, I don't think, but you don't want to be living like that either. It wasn't great, I just don't know where to put it. I know. It's fine, let's go. Okay. If there's any kind of bigger trash receptacle, just toss yeah, it. Yeah, I think on the way out. Yeah. Like, it's so. A, it's like a regular trash can, he just crams this enormous <laughs> garbage bag into it. <laughs> I think that's, stuff. like, it's a room off to the side in the main atrium that has, like, a little dumpster neon mm -hmm. sign over it. And he'll uh, take her in there and throw it away and kind of do a little presentation with his hands and say, Garbage. Dumpster. Put it here. Okay. Give it a nice throw. <laughs> she does. It doesn't go in. Oh, well, now it's... you've made a mess. Shit. She picks up, it's lighter than she expected it to be because it's just full of other bags. So mm -hmm. she picks them up real quick and blushes and puts them in the bag. And Trust me, it's, it's more fun when it goes in. Seemed like it would have been. Keep working on that. Okay, I and will. We'll keep walking. Yeah, just take the elevator down, head on out, get onto the street. And uh, going to be watching the clock to make sure we're on the street at 8.30 as indicated. Yeah. Hopefully somewhere closer to the aquarium, because I don't know how long yeah, whatever this like is a, is going to last. You could probably get within five minutes of the aquarium by 8.30. Just at a leisurely sort of pace, not attracting too much attention to mm -hmm. yourselves. Okay. Boreas, you step out of the blissfully air-conditioned building with Kala into the humid and sweltering streets of Alara. She shrinks to your side just a bit. You might have expected her to be excited to look around, but in actuality, she looks pretty stressed. Um, it's loud, it's busy, there are more people here on this street than she's seen in her entire life. Just bustling about, going about their day-to-day. -day. No big deal. She makes a tiny and uncomfortable noise, but continues by your side, a face illuminated on one side by the blue neon of the nearby convenience store. It glints off of her eyes, which you notice now they aren't glowing today, not like they were back in Varn. It's a bit easier to see her general emotional state without the glow. It's very overwhelming, but she's keeping pace with you. You doing all right? Sure. Well, 
I don't think there's much I can say to make it better, but uh, I know this is different. It, it, everything will be fine. Yeah, how is it, um... How long has this been here? It's very, very tall here. As you walk through the streets, you can... You just look up and it's building almost as far as you can see. There's sky and stars interspersed between these building blocks and some aurora is arcing through the sky. Oh my. Well, this city, um, it's called Olera, as you might know. Um, it's been here since a couple hundred years, I think. It used to be pre-freeze. And, uh, maybe there was a time when it was uninhabited, but, um, it really withstood the cold, I think. People kept it running, they kept it up. And when it started to thaw out, and when it became more habitable, people flocked back. It's a metropolis. It's quite big, as you can see, um, but... It's been here as long as anything now, I suppose. As long as anyone can remember. Used to be cold? He said it's... I am very warm right now. Well, you remember what it was like, you know, back where the facility is, Saver. Mm -hmm. Remember how cold it is there? Uh, intimately, used yes. To be, it used to be colder, everywhere. No matter where you were. Really? Yes. Been, I wrap my head around that. Many people couldn't. It's been many years now. 50, 60 since it became habitable in the rest of the world. Since the climate started returning to what it used to be. And that's where we are here. The, the world itself, most of it is still shrouded in ice. Uninhabitable. Places you can't or wouldn't want to go to. Um, but there's a... So we're on the belt? The belt, yes. You've heard I know of the that belt. one. I saw it on TV. Yes, very good. The belt is um, it's a strip of land that um, binds around the equator of the planet. Do you know what the equator is? Do you know what it means? Yeah, it's like the mid, the middle bit. Yes, it's the middle bit. It has to do with the. Um, but only, only across, right? Not yes. Up? That's something else. I can't remember what it's called. The, neither can I. But yes, that's right. The meridian. Is that it? She shrugs. I don't remember. I never did very well in school. Um, well, I never had much of it. But yes, the equator, it's, it's a band around the planet. It has to do with the tilt in the gravitational pull and how close we are to the sun and a whole slew of other things. But all you need to know is the belt stretches around the planet and has created um, a safe zone, let's say, of areas that have thawed out enough to live without fear of the cold. And maybe the rest of the planet will follow, but no one really knows. Hmm. Took 150, 200 years to get to where we are now. It's staggering. That's one word for it, yes. But not many people alive were around before the freeze anyway, so... As you're talking, she holds out her arm in front of you very quickly... Out of the traffic that's rushing past you on the road, a semi-truck slams onto the sidewalk, and you know, you know in your bones that if Kala hadn't pulled you out of the way there, there's a very good chance that instead of being crushed against the wall by Kala, you would be crushed into the pavement right now. Oh shit. Okay. And the horn blares, and you guys kind of just get up to the side of the building that you're, you're on. There's trash, like, flying in the air because of the speed of the truck and it's 
it's there and then it's gone. She's like, holy shit. She flips him off. There you go. Like, where did yeah. you where did you learn that one? Victor? No. Oh. Not being a very good influence on you, is he? Well, he's really my only influence, if you well, think about that's it. That's not true. Now you have television. That's true. I have many influences Which is now. Far worse. In every way. Almost. I don't, I don't know. I like those shows about houses. He turns and just starts walking, <laughs> muttering like, Wait, going, what's to wrong with your, them? going to rot your brain with that nonsense. No, they're so pretty. I want to go to one. I'm sure you'll have time to in the future. Maybe. We'll see. He'll turn back to her and kind of nod to follow him. She well, does. we'll make time. Someday. Okay. You have good reflexes. Oh, thank you. I think it's just part of my brain it's just it's easier to do that than for other folks i guess maybe we're all good at different things everyone has their own talents and failures faults oh it's important to be aware of those as well um they didn't really talk about those as much at the facility um they mainly just told me what I was good at, so I don't really know what I'm bad at until I try it. Well, that's what life is. Trying things. Seeing what you're good at. Seeing what you're bad at. Mm, I think I'm bad at ordering food. <laughs> well, it depends on how you look at it. You ordered a lot of food. I did! So you're quite good at ordering food. But maybe not as good about knowing what to order. And that's subjective in itself. Maybe no right or wrong answer. It's about perspective. Keep your perspective open. As you're talking, there are gunshots that ring out several blocks away. And she kind of shrinks over to towards you a little bit. And he, he puts a hand, like he doesn't coddle her, like he doesn't put his arm around her or yeah. anything. But he puts a hand out and he says, don't worry, they're not for us. How do you know? Well, they'd be a lot louder if they were closer. You can tell by the way the sound echoes off the buildings. It's muffled. It sounds tinny far away. Like okay. a, something more distant than maybe it is. But gunfire, it's quite loud up front or up close. So, be on your toes. The cities, they're not always a safe place. Some areas are more treacherous than others, but... Um... She's looking decidedly uncomfortable at this point. Like, she's very warm. There are people shooting. A truck almost ran you guys over. Mm -hmm. There's a guy trying to hawk a t-shirt, like, in her face. Yeah. Yes, um, well, this is the sort of thing you need to deal with if you're ever living in a city, unfortunately. <sighs> you get used to it, and there is a certain charm as well, but, um, to each their own, I suppose. It's mostly all I've known. It doesn't bother me as much. You're more used to solitude, I suppose? I don't know. Mostly. Um, can I ask you a favor, and it's a bit embarrassing... Sure. What is it? Um, I don't know how much I should talk when we go to places because I don't know how to do things um, or talk about things. But Victor said when I got uncomfortable or scared, I should take his hand a little bit. Um, is that an okay thing I could do with you? Or is that... What, you just you want to hold my hand when you get scared? Is that alright? I'm alright with that. But if we are if we are in a position where we are in danger, 
where we are being threatened. We'll need our hands. You'll need your hands. That's a good way of putting it. It's not that I don't want to. No, it's not I that I'm not it. willing to. But you're going to make yourself a target if you do that. It's a sign, well, many will see it as a sign of weakness that you need someone to protect you and that you are the weak link. Which, of course, you aren't. I know that. You know that. You can hear her knuckles, like, audibly cracking. Yes. So, don't let them think you any... Well, and here's the kicker. You can use that against people. You can make them think that you're an easy target. You can trick them. You can make them uneasy and get the drop on them. Huh. When you do the opposite of what someone expects, you subvert their expectation and you catch them by surprise. And especially in a potentially deadly situation, this can be to your advantage as long as you capitalize on it. That's very good to know. Mm. Well? She does take your hand, though, almost immediately. When you understand how other people think, you can use it against them. You can anticipate how they're going to think and react and use it to be several steps ahead to set traps. I don't know if I'm going to be very good at that for a while. Um... You don't need to be. Not everyone is, but use your head. Your mind is sharper than any claws you can sprout. She's pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. She says out the side of her mouth. <laughs> but like at you, not the other way. Sure. No, they are. But never underestimate your brain. It's the strongest muscle you have. And if it's not, then you need to train it and make it the strongest muscle you have. Hmm. Mm. Well, regardless, let's keep moving. And he'll keep walking. She has other questions she's welcome to ask. Otherwise, what time is it? Well, it's 829. Oh, shit. So, you're in an area of the city that is mostly billboards and advertisements, kind of like a Times Square, but more vertical. And there, there is a lot of real estate being taken up for different, like, shows and musicians and movies and stuff. But then, as... Rhymes the... Square. Hmm? If it was still cold, I would call it Rhymes Square. Oh, that's very good. But it's not, so it doesn't work. Damn. Sorry. At exactly the stroke of 8.30, all of the screens begin to change one by one to a very compromising picture of Solaire. Oh, God. She has... You've drawn this, haven't you? (laughs) Of course I have. Yes. I'm the luckiest man. (laughs) It's a picture of Solaire that you had helped to take. She is face down into the snow. Her tongue's out a bit. She's drooling. She's, like, just fucking out of it. She, her ass is up in the air. And it says, don't trust this sloppy mess. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and one by one, all of the screens change to this orange and blue-hued picture, and everybody's kind of just looking up like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who is that bitch? Amazing. People are, like, whipping out their camera phones to take, like, pictures sure. of the picture, and Kala just starts laughing. Yeah, I think my my reaction is probably very similar to Boreas's. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he just starts clapping, like... Maybe cheers and is just like, yes, yes. Oh, he's, but he is very, very happy by this. 
so the the hubbub dies down after like a couple of minutes, but the pictures are all still there. Jesus. You don't know for how long. Maybe as long as it takes someone to take them down. I don't know. I think uh, after the initial, so after the initial bout of laughter and kind of giddiness wears off, there's just like a shot of him. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> All right, you know that shot of Hiro Nakamura and Heroes when he teleports <laughs> yes, there. Yes, of course okay, I do. I think there's just a gradual shot of him like with his hands on his hips, like smiling and just like looking around, <laughs> and then just like thrusts his hands up in the air in the yata pose, like yata. the I did it, like yata. And then just a, a spinning camera shot of him and in the background all the billboards and stuff just have the picture. And I it's playing it I like so much. I'm gonna make it after all. <laughs> <laughs> So, Pickle, how's this new studio treating ya? Well, I think we're gonna find out pretty shortly here, because we recorded this outro once before, and it sounded awful. It was really bad. The acoustics in here are terrible. Yeah, we uh, we have not experimented as much with this. I might have a very wet mouth right now, too. I'm not sure. Oh, you got a wet mouth, Oh, mister. sure got a wet mouth. <laughs> Sorry about that. We've been very stress dehydrated for an hour or so frantically nailing blankets into the wall to see what configuration works for us. We're not entirely sure yet. This Don't is know. This is a test run of the audio, so maybe this will make it into the final mix, maybe not. We're basically in a blanket fort right now, Which, bringing the sound to you. Generally pretty cool. It's, and I mean, I cool. like blanket forts. Yeah. I always have. It's hard to sustain them as a child, but as a married adult couple... We could just have this up as long as we want. But on my terms. On our terms. I want to do it for fun, not because I have to. Yeah. Even though it is fun. And we do have to. (laughs) (laughs) This is the start of a new arc for Absolute Zero. I am going to post episode seven next week. We were just going to have a week off, but I was figuring that if any of you guys listening are like me, you desperately want media to distract your brain right now. So... (laughs) I'm yeah. definitely going to drop episode 7 next week as usual. The week after will be our Q&A and then maybe we'll hop back into Neon Heat season 2. Maybe we'll take another week. I'm not sure what that timetable's looking like. You know what? I'm I'm very thankful for the amount of time we've had off so far because we've had so much going on. Went to Genghis Khan, we had the big move, um, and just everything that's happening in the world right now, so... Uh, we'll get back to things as soon as we can, but I'm in a, a better position to refocus more of my mental energy on preparation and stuff like that. So we'll be back to it pretty soon. But if you like Absolute Zero, there's more of that in the backlog and there's more of that on the way too. That's true. Hopefully we can test this new setup with more than just an outro and record some more sessions of that real soon. We'll get it figured out, you guys. Thank you to Crockett. Go listen to his new single. It's available on Bandcamp because Spotify is wicked slow. Uh, His Bandcamp is crockett.bandcamp.com. And he's on Twitter at crockett80s. 
We're doing a Q&A. We're gonna be recording that sometime in the next week or two, but we will have a cutoff for questions on Friday. Yeah, so if you guys have any questions for us, now is your last chance to get them. To us. To us. Yep. <clears throat> and you can do that on Twitter. We're on Twitter at RPG for you and me. I'm also on Twitter at you see the hat. Doug is not on Twitter until he gets a new phone that can handle the girth It'll happen. of Twitter. It'll it, <laughs> Can't ignore his girth. It'll <laughs> happen in hopefully the near future. But if you want to chat with Doug, he is on our patron-exclusive Discord. We actually just got a new patron this month. So I'd like to say thank you to our, our two biggest Patreon supporters. Michael, thank you as always. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate it. I'm glad to see you back on Discord. Always a pleasure. And new supporter, Urith. We are glad to have you on board. And it's going to be a while before you catch up and hear this because I heard you're on episode six. So eventually you will hear this, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Urith. Thanks for being here with us. Your kind words mean a lot to us and so does your support. It made Thank me you. cry just a little bit out of happiness. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Our Patreon is at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. What she said. But you know what you could say, Pickle? What can I say? Do you know? Do you have Peg Inc. Wonderful. The Pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> Savage Worlds uh, was created by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group. This and is you, true. You can find them and their products online at peginc.com. And they have a lot of cool products. They also have a lot of, like, free resources for running games and stuff. A lot of good consolidated information, the combat survival guide, good stat blocks, things like that. A lot of free content, a lot of quality. Give it a look if you're interested in Savage Worlds. I want to get one of those big action decks that are, like, bigger than my fucking hand. Oh, they're huge. They're enormous. And it's perfect because my eyes are so bad. <laughs> Let's pretend like my hands are so small. Like, oh, what do you mean? This is a normal sized deck. All right, Longhands Johnson. Okay, they <laughs> Let's call cool it down. You no, know they call him Longhands Johnson. He had some long fucking hands, <laughs> hence the name. Am I forgetting anything, Pickle? I'm pretty tired. We're going to go to bed now. All right, thanks, guys. We love you. <laughs> Thank you. Love you guys. Bye.